This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams, absolutely delighted to be with you today. We love to spend this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. And guess what? We love to hear from you. So let me give you a toll-free number that you can use to join us here. Uh, It is toll-free for you here in North America. It is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Just pick up the phone, punch those numbers in. You'll be live with us on the air today. We're happy to receive your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement. We live for that here on Women of Grace Live. Also available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature to put your question or comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement in there. We'll get it retrieved and up on the board. We have Rich Jesse producing today, Michael McCall on the phones, Matthew Gubensky answering those lines. Keep those men busy. They need to be kept busy. Uh, So we do invite you to give us a call, 833-288-3986. For those of you that are out there on social media, you can see that I am in studio here on the campus of EWTN with John Martinoni. It is the last Tuesday of the month. John is with us every last Tuesday of the month. We talk about apologetics on this day, other things too, but we concentrate on apologetics, how it is that we can make a good defense of our faith, not to apologize for our faith, but to make a good defense of our faith. He's always got something to share with us. I know you like to share back. This is the time to call in and ask your questions of John Martinoni, 833-288-3986. That's 833-288-EWTN. Before we get to John, uh, what I want to do is to share with you a little bit about some of the upcoming events that are going on at Women of Grace. I'm telling you what, we are really, really busy. I was on the phone this morning talking uh, with our director of of, uh, marketing and events, and I just have to tell you, we we are doing so much. I am so grateful. It is a very, very beautiful time uh, to proclaim the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. What makes it so beautiful? The need is so great. The need is so great. So I invite you to get out to our website, womenofgrace.com and to check it out and see what is going on. This weekend, Jack and I are going to be at uh, St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Boca Raton, Florida for a marriage retreat. That's Saturday, February the 3rd. I think there's still some room left, although we've got lots of couples that are joining us. We're really excited about it. Can't wait to meet all of you that have signed up already. Uh, If you haven't signed up yet, there I think is still a little bit of time. I'm really not sure what the numbers are looking like, except that I know that they're really good. That's what I've heard. So I don't know what the latest count is. But what I can tell you is that Jack and I are going to be there, and it's going to be fun. Uh, In addition to being fun is going to be, I think, really informative. Uh, we're going to be looking at marriage through the, the the light of faith, which is a very different way than how the world looks at marriage. Uh, we're going to be digging into some of the issues and situations that arise in married life. Uh, you know, we're hoping that uh, our day is going to enrich your marriage. Uh, if you are going through a bumpy period, I think that it's going to help to smooth it out. If your marriage is just fantastic, it's going to make it even more fantastic because we're going to be talking about uh, 
the great sacrament that is ours by way of our call and mission in life, which is to be man and wife, a witness to the world. So all of that coming up for you this Saturday. Get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. You can register right there. Day begins at 8 a.m. I think it ends at 5.30 p.m. We have some little special things that are going to happen through the course of the day, but I'm not going to tell you about them. You have to come and join us and you'll see what they're all about. So that is this Saturday. I am going to be off and trotting to State College, Pennsylvania on February the 16th. Uh, I'll be speaking to the parish that evening and then the next day is a day for women. You can register again right at our website. Can't wait to be at Our Lady of Victory uh, Catholic Church there in State College, PA. That was uh, the same parish that was there when I was a student, which was, well, we're not going to count how many years ago, just just a couple of years ago. <laughs> A few, few decades ago. All of that being said, looking forward to being there. And there's even more coming up. I do want to mention one other thing before I introduce our guest, John Martinoni. Uh, and that is that our first uh, Benedicta Institute for Women, our relaunch of the Benedicta is happening at Our Lady of Florida Spiritual Center in North Palm Beach, Florida. And it's going to be a beautiful, immersive week. Uh, If you are interested in spiritual enrichment uh, with regard to your authentic femininity, or if you would like to work towards a certification in Catholic women's leadership, we want for you to check it out. Uh, I was very happy the other day, I was talking uh, with our director of the Benedicta Institute, and she was telling me that uh, we've had a lot of inquiries, we've had women signing up. Uh, We do have a a nice group of, of women who will be students with us for that week. Uh, If you have any interest in this area, I want to tell you, uh, you're going to be regaled by what you're going to learn through the course of that week uh, with our academic advisor, Dr. Donald Wallenfang. Who is woman? The journey from Eve to Mary is what we're going to be studying. And I want to tell you, uh, it's going to be quite, quite insightful. I hope that that really gets your, your interior, you know, desire ignited so that you will join us. Get out there check it out. We can answer any questions that you have. Uh, More uh, upcoming information on that as we move forward in time. But we are already accepting uh, registration. So you might want to get out there and check it out. As I told you, this is the last Tuesday of the month and John Martinoni is sitting here in studio. Hi, John. Hey, Johnette, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Good, I, it's good. a lovely day here, even though it's a little chilly. A little chilly, but it's supposed to be going up, I think, into the 60s today. Yes. So that's going to be good. It's a heat wave, folks. It's yes. been very It'll chilly here. It'll warm our old bones. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> I want to tell you, this morning when I got up, I asked um, Alexa, you know, what is the weather forecast for Birmingham, Alabama? And she said it's 31 degrees going up to a high of 61. And when I looked outside, John, I'm sure you saw too, it was just covered with frost everywhere. Yeah, you know. Yep, I, yep. Yeah, but I, the sun is shining. Not too many clouds in the sky, so uh, it, it actually feels. I I was out there when it was thirty one degrees. Walk. We've got a new puppy. Oh, do you? Yes. <gasps> what we, kind? He's mostly pit bull, but he's a tiny one because uh, uh, we found him on the side of the road. And oh. he was very undernourished. He was starving. I, he maybe had a couple more days at most oh, uh, to live. So we brought him home, and, and uh, uh, we've had him for a couple months now. We got him December 1st. And um, I'm the one who gets up early. <laughs> I've got two, I mean, Is that by choice or two, by dog whining? <laughs> two, two young men, my sons at home, 19 and 21, they're in college. And uh, going to UAB, so they're living at home. And uh, 
but I'm the one that gets up and takes them out. So I was out when it was 31 degrees, but the sun was shining. So when you were standing in the sun, it just, it actually felt pretty good. Yeah, it does feel good. Well, you have to tell us more about this little puppy, but we are going to be talking with our callers. And hey, Jackie from Kansas, I see you're with us already. So I'm going to ask you to hold. You hear that music, we're going to go to a break and come right back. John Martinoni with us today. And we are going to be taking your questions about why it is we believe what it is that we believe as Catholics. Very important questions to answer. Uh, 833-288-EWTN. That is the number that you can use to join us right here on Women of Grace Live, where we love to have that holy conversation with you. Also available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Just use the chat feature. Put in your question, comment. We'll get it and get it up on the board. Rich Jesse pulling those levers in there. He's producing. We've got Michael McCall out there on social media and Matthew Gubinski on phones. Coming right back. Stay with us. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986. Well, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. It is the last Tuesday of the month. It means it's John Martinoni Day. Hey, you have a whole day named after you now, John. That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Absolutely awesome. John Martinoni Day right here on Women of Grace Live. John is an apologist at Bible Christian Society is the name of his organization. Get out to his website. You're going to find all kinds of great resources available for you there. He's also an author as written two books. Uh, I've had uh, the the uh, delight of interviewing John on those two books on our television program, Women of Grace, that airs at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. If you haven't seen those programs, they're available for you at our website. Just go out to womenofgrace.com, click on TV, put in John's name, uh, you know, and it'll it'll all pop up there for you. Uh, and you'll be able to watch them right there online. Uh, but all of that being said, uh, we're looking at his um, new book that he's written. It's called A Blue Collar Answer to Protestantism, Catholic Questions Protestants Can't Answer. Really, uh, you know what, I, it, it's, it's a very unique book. It really is the way that he's got it organized and everything. Uh, it makes it easy for you to delve into and to extract the information that you're looking for. So does his first book, uh, a Blue, Blue Collar Apologetics, uh, which is a must-have. Both of them uh, you should have, uh, and you should keep them around because invariably people are going to ask you things or challenge you on, on some aspect of our faith. Like, you know, why do Catholics call priest father when it says in scripture, scripture, you know, no man, you know, call no man your father. There is only one father. You know, we get all of these questions and sometimes we're scratching our head. Well, John has the answers for you in this book, uh, in both of them. So they're available for you at EWTN's religious catalog. That's EWTNRC.com. In, uh, encouraging you to give us a call here. Jackie's with us. Deb is with us. We've got four lines open for you. Let's fill up those lines with questions for John today. I like to keep these men around here really busy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way that you can join us by phone today. Matthew Gubensky will answer that phone, get you up on the board. Uh, in addition to that, we're available for you at EWTN Radio's YouTube. YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply get out there. Uh, and so, hey, John, we were talking about your new puppy. 
Maybe if we have time later, we can get into that. But John rescued a puppy on the side of the road, not really quite a puppy, a puppy in terms of age, but it's 35 pounds already. Uh, and uh, that was a beautiful thing to do. That was very St. Francis-like of you, St. Francis of Assisi-like. Well, there's a, there was a dog about two weeks before that I saw in the same general area, scruffy little, I mean, just probably maybe looked like it weighed 10 pounds. And I could tell, I couldn't see a collar on it or anything. I could tell it's just wandering around. I said, uh, that dog, you know, is, is just out there and it's looking for food. And I, but I had things to do. So I ran to the post office real quick and to the bank and a couple other things. And I went back and the dog was gone. It was in the parking area of this little shopping center in this small suburb outside of Birmingham. So I looked around for several minutes, couldn't find it, and I looked for it for the next few days. And then I saw it a couple, several days later. It was dead. Oh, jeez, Louise. In the middle of the road. Oh, I'm it'd so been sorry. Hit. And I was like, oh, God. And not a week later, I see this other little dog walking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to happen again. <laughs> no, I'm taking you know? this dog home. So stopped it, and literally he weighed, he weighed like 18 pounds, and the vet, thought he was four months old he's six months old when she looked at his teeth she said no she said he's 50 percent underweight oh, and I, I was feeding him food and he was just he, he could not get enough food and it was like he he just he vacuumed it up with his mouth yeah. i mean it was just like okay there may not be any more after this so i got to get all this right now and uh it was just uh and I, I brought him home and i told my wife i said we don't have to keep him i just want to take him to the vet get him checked out and we could hand him over to the shelter or something. And when when I walked in the door with the pup, she looked at him, she said, oh no, no, because she knew <laughs> when my boys saw him that we that were keeping it. him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. The boys saw him, they said, oh, is he ours? <laughs> yeah. And yep, he's ours, but guess who takes him out first thing in the morning? <laughs> Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, finders keepers. Yes, yes, yes. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before we get into any topics here, we've got Jackie with us. She's been holding since the beginning. So what do you say we go to Jackie in Kansas? Let's do it. Okay. Jackie is a first-time caller. Jackie, I don't know. Can we ring that bell, Rich, for Jackie? <laughs> Go for it. Oh, there go you go. For it. <laughs> We're happy that you're with us today, Jackie. Thanks for giving us a call. Uh, you're out there Thank listening you. to us um, via the sword of St. George. Woohoo! That's yes. great. Oh, yes. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful uh, radio station. Well, I am so um, happy about that. So, what's going on? Well, I tell you, I have had some family members recently that are in their 80s um, that have decided to leave the Catholic Church. Oh, my. That's a, a, what do I want to say? At the age of 80, that's a big change to make. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, one of the last things they said was when they believe Pope Francis is blessing same-sex marriage. And we tried to say, no, it's just the individual, but it didn't go anywhere. And yes, we have uh, John Martinoni's books, and my husband, we study them, we love them, we are so grateful for them. And some of their reasons is they don't believe we should give so much attention to the Blessed Mother. Um, and I, 
I know that they are listening to Protestants. I know that they are listening to televangelists, and they're just so deceived, I feel like, by the devil. And I don't know at this point how to talk to them. Yeah, it does make it so very difficult, Jackie. And, you know, when we um, are consuming... Uh, you know, a, 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 a worldview or let's just say a, a perspective on Christianity that is different than our mm-hmm. own faith, it plants seeds of doubts. It's one of the ways in which those seeds of doubts get planted and then watered. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think that they're first to fall victim to this. It's sad at their age that they're going to give up on the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the faith that has been theirs and the faith, that, uh, you know, that oh, has yeah. been given to us by Jesus himself. So what do you think she should do there, John? Well, first thing, first and foremost, you pray uh, for opportunities, okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just pray for opportunities. Say, God, give us an opportunity, you, your husband, to, to speak to mm-hmm. uh, your, your relatives. And, uh, and, and you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself, jump on it. Uh, the okay. second thing is, is um, two things. Number one is, is authority. I always go with every, every difference between Catholic and Protestant comes down to authority. And you can ask, say, who gets to the, the ultimate question is who gets to decide what is authentic Christian teaching and practice and what is not? Is it the church founded by Jesus Christ and guided by the Holy Spirit? Or is it each individual who gets who can read and picks up a Bible and reads on their own to decide for themselves? That's okay. that's the ultimate question. And, and 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 when you ask a question, if you get the opportunity to ask that question or any other question, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. ask the question and don't don't look like ex- you're going to expect an answer because right. y- you might get one. You might not. But and I would say right. normally you won't. But just make sure mm-hmm. you ask the question because that plants the seed that makes yeah. them have to think yeah. about it. And, and it, you know, it hopefully enters their subconscious and gets, gets and works on them. The Holy Spirit works right. on them. So, but a couple of things specifically that you mentioned, you know, the Pope blessing gay marriage. Well, if you actually read um, the letter that was sent out by the uh, dicastery, for the doc- dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, didn't say anything about blessing gay marriage. In fact, it was very ardent in saying this is not blessing same-sex so-called marriage. I mean, because there's no such thing as a marriage between two men or two women. Um, So if you get a few quotes from the document itself, which is available online, and show that, you know, the church's teaching on marriage is the same, this is not changing anything about the teaching of of the church on marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Get some of those quotes. You can show those to them. Um, the other thing is, is yes, the document is, has caused confusion. And just, I mean, there's no beating around the bush. It's caused confusion. The one thing I tell people about this current pope, I said, well, he's a marketing person's nightmare. I said, because if you look at uh, um, John Paul II, his language was very precise. If you look at Benedict, his language was very precise. You couldn't take it and say, oh, well, that means this, or somebody else says, no, it means this, and somebody else says, no, it means this other thing. This pope, the language is not that precise, and that's where the confusion 
comes in or, or the possibility for confusion comes in. Because when you actually read what he wrote or what he said, well, I mean, I remember several years ago people saying, all of a sudden, one day I get all these emails. Did the Pope say that homosexuality was okay? You know, because he said, who am I to judge in an interview on a plane? And you read what he actually said. It's like, no, what he said was exactly in line with Catholic teaching. And nowhere did he ever say, yes, same-sex relations are okay. But because his wording was not very precise, the people taking it and running with it are not Catholic, or they might be very loose Catholics, uh, and they interpret it how they want to interpret it. Or another one was, did the Pope say all atheists go to heaven? And you read what he wrote, what he said? No, he didn't actually say that, you know, and, but people, the language again, was it real specific and tight like John Paul II's or Benedict's so people took it and run hey the Pope says atheists can go to heaven and here the language again not as precise and tight uh, so people say well the Pope's blessing same-sex marriages but he's not doing that so get some quotes from the document itself show them say here in the document is the Pope saying Teaching on marriage is the same as it's always been. No, you cannot bless what God does not recognize as good, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, regarding Mary, here's the thing. Um, does This couple, do they have any sons? Two? Tell them, say, mm-hmm. okay, what if, uh, you know, the son, let's say they're married or they're going to get married— just say one of your sons gets married, and what if mom gets left out of the, uh, the marriage ceremony? Would, would mom be upset by that? You know, you, you're going to pay no attention to the mother? I mean, it's the son's day, but you're going to pay no attention whatsoever to his mother? Really? The one who brought him into, onto this planet? Planet? So same thing with, with uh, Jesus. Yes, the focus is on Jesus, but who got him here? Who was the vessel through whom God Almighty brought salvation into the world? It was Mary. So you can tell him, say, look, we cannot, all the attention that we pay to Mary in the Catholic Church cannot match all of the attention that God himself pays to Mary. I mean, think about it. Mary is the mother of the, I mean, the, the, the daughter of the father the mother of the son, and the spouse of the Holy Spirit. There is no one else, no other human being in all of human history, and there never will be again, who has that kind of relationship with the Trinity. And so, and, and think of the honor that God bestowed upon her by allowing her, choosing her to be the mother of his son. So whatever honor we pay to her here on earth, it is peanuts compared to the honor that God Almighty has already paid to her. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the faith, oh, it's unimaginable. Well, I, let me just say this, Jackie, about that, too. You know, since we're talking about our Blessed Mother, I think uh, one of the things that you can do for this couple is to pray that Rosary Novena to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Mm-hmm. 
Because what's happened here is that, you know, the straight line of thinking that is the Catholic Church has been knotted up in their minds uh, by uh, what I have to say would be false teaching. Uh, you know, and, and, and why do I say false teaching? Well, it isn't that everything that the televangelists say is false, but it's false teaching when they begin to... Uh, uh, take the truths that are that are spoken of so clearly in our faith and in sacred scripture and twist them. Uh, you know, uh, when you listen to several different televangelists, you're going to eventually find that they contradict each other in what they're saying yeah. because there is no authority. And that's the point that you were making earlier, John. And the second thing is, too, that the theology is 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 anything that is, is uh, true in the theology that they have was taken from the church. Uh, everything that they hold that way. And the rest of it is really in opposition to the church, meaning that it's really just um, anti-Catholic. So, you know, ask them, well, you know, do they ever talk about the Eucharist? Do they ever talk about, you know, John 6? Do they ever talk about uh, Colossians 124, for I make up in my own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church? Do they ever talk about those passages? What about where Jesus says, you know, uh, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. You know, ask them, you know, what, do they ever talk about these passages? They don't, because there is no uh, way in which they can face those passages. Those are Catholic passages. <laughs> which all of sacred scripture is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Jackie, I would I would just ask our Blessed Mother to intercede because she loves these folks. <laughs> she loves them. And uh, she loves them with the purity of her own heart. Uh, and so she probably is already in the business of making intercession for them. But to ask her with some intentionality, I think can yield some pretty good fruit. <laughs> yeah, and if you, one more thing. If she ever mentions any particular televangelist or or just televangelist in general, just say, well, which ones do you listen to? And ask some questions about them, like, uh, well, what church does he belong to? What church? And if she doesn't know, say, well, you don't even know what church. Is it the church founded by Jesus Christ? That's the question. Is it the 2,000-year-old church founded by Jesus Christ? If not... Then you say, well, what authority do they have to preach? And why should I listen to them? Why should you listen to them? Well, you hear that music, Jackie, so we're going to let you go. And we're going to come back. We've got Deb with us, Elizabeth, somebody else calling in. We're going to have three lines open for you. And we invite you to make good use of those. Give us a call here. John Martinoni with us today. It's the last Tuesday of the month. He's always with us, inviting you to get out to EWTN uh, Religious Catalog. Order a copy of his book. That's EWTNRC.com. A blue-collar answer to Protestantism is one. A blue-collar apologetics is the other. Jackie bought both, commented on how good they are. Well, here's the fact of the matter. They really are good. So go on out there and get copies of your own. More on the other side of the break. So we're inviting you to stay with us. 833-288-EWTN or EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page chat feature there for you. God bless you. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-EWTN. 
888-288-3986. Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. We are joined today by John Martinoni. He's with us the last Tuesday of every month. He takes your questions on apologetics, and we've got some calls sitting here waiting. We're going to get to them in just a moment. But we invite you to give us a call, too. We've got a couple of lines open, three, as a matter of fact. So let's fill them up. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Inviting you to give us a call here. Uh, Also available for you at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature there. Put in your name and where you are located and what your question or comment is. We'll get it retrieved and up on the board. Michael McCall is out there doing that work. Rich Jesse's making the program happen through the airwaves. And Matthew Gubensky is answering the phones. Uh, So that was a really good call um, from our dear caller from uh, Kansas there about uh, her family members. And it's so heartbreaking when we see our family members falling away from the faith uh, because they allow themselves to be, I think, enticed away. Uh, They don't know the faith well enough. And that's why I encourage you to get a copy of John's books, one each, get get each one of them. Uh, the, The one that we're looking at today is a blue collar answer to Protestantism. It's there for you at EWTNRC.com. That's the website of EWTN's religious catalog. His other book, uh, A Blue Collar Apologetics, is also available for you there. So I invite you to get... um, both of those. I think you should get them both. Uh, if, if you have to get one first, I don't know. I, I probably, what would you say? Well, the the first one has the, the strategies in them yep. that people can use in pretty yep. much any situation. So I, I'd say probably go with that one. And then it, the first one teaches you how to handle the conversations. And the second one gives you questions to ask in the conversations. There you go. So, I mean, they work together so very, very well. That's why I keep t- saying to you, get both of them. Well, let's get to Deb. Deb is a first-time caller, too. Yippee, I love these first-time callers. She is there in upstate New York. And how is she listening to us? Let me see if I can get that information. EWTN app is the way that Deb is with us there. Uh, thanks, Deb, for calling in today. We're going to ring our bell for you. I think. There it is. Oh, I just love that little bell. (laughs) Welcome, Deb. It's good to have you. Hi, guys. It is so wonderful to um, talk with you in person. I love you both. I love EWTN. Just a quick background. I grew up in a Marxist family. I became a believer in the 70s. I was in the evangelical church for, you know, uh, many years. And then I was Episcopalian two years ago. Thank God. I came into the Catholic Church, so it's been quite a journey for me. I am not a sola uh, scriptura person. Um, And by the way, I have um, your book, John, and I ordered your other one while I was waiting. Uh, (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) That's Um, wonderful, Jeff. And so, as you can imagine from my background, Mary, um, it has been a stumbling block for me. But over the years, I have come to absolutely love her as my mother, as my personal mother. Um, You know, Jesus has always been there for me. Um, I I have a close walk with God. but And I believe in the virgin birth, and I believe in the crowning of Mary in heaven, and I see those in Scripture. My question is, and I've heard so many people explain this so many ways, what, what would you say are the biblical grounds for the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of Mary? And again, you know, I can read it in a book. I, it just doesn't all go in 
all the time. So, John, can you help me? Okay. Well, number one, you talked about where you see the crowning of Mary in Scripture. Well, that's that's Revelation 12, where it talks about the yes. woman with the crown on her head, the crown of uh, stars yes. on her head, etc. Well, there's a woman in heaven with a body, and she's the mother of the male child who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron. So yes. that's Mary. So it, when you see other people talked about in, in Revelation, they're talking about the souls in heaven. Here, they're talking about this woman that has a body in heaven. Well, how did okay. that body get there? That's the assumption. So, again, it doesn't say Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. But, here again, here's Mary in heaven with her body in Scripture. Okay? So, there's uh, that. You got that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So Plus— her body is in heaven. Yes. It talks about her head. She's clothed, which means she has a body, and it talks about under her feet. So head, body, feet. So the whole body is there in heaven. Plus, if you look in, in Genesis and uh, Hebrews, what would that be? Hebrews 11 uh, or 12. Um, it talks about Enoch, and Enoch uh, went up to heaven and he walked with God. So it basically says he didn't die. He was taken up body and soul into heaven. Elijah was yeah. taken up body and soul into heaven in the fiery chariot. There's these two witnesses from God at some point in the future who are killed. Their bodies lie in the street of the great city, which is Jerusalem, for three days. Then they, they're, you know, the Spirit of God re- revives them, and they come back to life, and they're taken up into heaven body and soul. So... Someone being assumed into heaven, body, and soul before the end of time in no way, shape, or form contradicts Scripture, okay? Because we see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. So, uh, again, it doesn't say Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven, but if these other people were, why not Mary? And then, again, you go to Revelation 12, and you've got this woman with a body in heaven, okay? So that's that. Now, the Immaculate Conception— Two passages that I go to, uh, and they they correlate perfectly with each other. Genesis 3.15. It's after the fall, immediately after the fall. uh, God is speaking to the devil, and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and her seed and your seed. Well, wait a minute. They're talking about the woman's seed. That doesn't happen in Scripture. The seed is from the man. So why would they be talking about the woman's seed? Because they're talking about Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. And he was born of a virgin. So there was no man's seed involved here. So Genesis 3.15 is referring primarily at, at, at the root of it to Mary. I will put enmity between you and the woman. So what is enmity? It's great hatred. Uh, you know, it's, it's animosity. So if God himself puts animosity between the woman, Mary, and Satan, well, how could she sin? You know, because if you, when we sin, well, there's no animosity between us and Satan when we sin. We are on his side. We're saying, God, I'm choosing this side, not your side. Uh, so, so that's one thing. So God himself has put this animosity between the woman and Satan. But then you go back to Revelation, and it's the same chapter, Revelation 12. And Satan 
can't get the, the male child. So then he tries to make war on the woman. Okay, well, but God, by a special grace, it says, but the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle. This is Revelation 12, 14, that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness. So God, by a special grace, kept Mary from Satan, kept Satan from catching Mary. So right there we see again, Satan did not get hold of the woman in any way, shape, or form, because God gave her a special grace to avoid that. Well, that's, again, it doesn't say Mary was immaculately conceived and lived her life sinlessly, but it, it's, it's very good evidence for that. It's very good backup for it. Does that all make sense to you? Oh, my gosh. It makes 100% sense when you explain it. I can't explain it to my friends, my Protestant friends. You know? Well, but that really, really helps. And just to highlight, if I can, Deb, you know, that passage from Genesis and, and as John's talking about the fact that there could never be uh, any kind of cooperation between Our Lady and the devil through any kind of a sin, that includes the primordial sin. And what is that? It's original sin. Yeah. So there could have never yeah. been any corruption of Mary by sin at all. And, you know, I think about also, too, that that beautiful passage in Luke, uh, right there in the first chapter, 26, uh, verse 26, where the angel comes, and the angel beholds our mother and says, Hail, full of grace. He's not talking about that she's going to be full of grace. He's renaming her. Kerkeratomene is, is the Greek for that. It's a new name. And he's, he's telling us something intrinsic to her, which is what the names mean in the Jewish faith. The name has great yeah. meaning and intentionality. So he's telling us something about, about, about her very character. She is full of grace at that moment. Well, she couldn't have been full of grace and, and and have any stain of sin on her whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and this is, mm. you know, this is right preeminent to the coming, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So and to go along go. with that, one other thing is where, you know, Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit says, blessed are you among women. Well, that basically saying Mary is the greatest among women. Well, Eve was created without sin. So if Mary is going to be greater than Eve, she has to be created without sin as well. At a well. minimum. <laughs> At a minimum. She's greater so than. no, like you said, no original sin there. And then Eve went on to sin. So for Mary to be greater than Eve, Mary cannot sin in order to be greater than Eve. Uh, so, and one last, if you go to my website, BibleChristianSociety.com, I've got a talk there called Mary in the Bible. You can listen, you can download it, you can listen to it right there on the computer, and it goes over all of these things again if you have trouble remembering them. So the question always is, well, how did that happen? You know, how did that happen? Um, since, you know, uh, Jesus hadn't been born yet, right? So Don Scotus, I think he's a blessed, or is he a saint now? I don't know if they've canonized. I don't think he's a saint. I don't think so. He's a blessed, though. I think so. Uh, Don Scotus. So he uh, he he um, was a priest, and he talks about preservative redemption. 
God is not bound by time and space. Everything is immediately present to God. I mean, that's just, that's the nature of God. He's omnipresent. Everything is immediately present uh, to him, and he sustains the entirety of the universe through his presence. That's what that means. So he uh, is not bound by time and space. Everything is immediately present to him. That would include the redemptive grace that had not yet happened in time, but was already present <laughs> to God, right? So Don Scota says that what does God, Jesus, Mary is saved by the merits of her son, but, pre, but, but preeminent to his coming. And so God, who is not bound by time and space, uh, took the merits of his son that would come in time and applied her, applied those graces to Mary at the very moment of her conception. So she is saved by her son before her son uh, takes up residence within her womb. So it's a beautiful thing to meditate on. Uh, it's very deep, uh, but, you know, we understand that, uh, which also is one of the reasons why we pray for our dead, because right. all of that, God, you know, that grace is immediately present to God is in the moment. So there you have it, Deb. I hope that helps you. And go out to uh, John's website, as he suggested, BibleChristianSociety.com. Com. <laughs> I'm never sure on the orgs or the comms, but it's a dot com. Uh, thank you for such a good question, giving us an opportunity to talk about the woman that we both love so very much, our blessed lady. All right, we're going to move forward. We've got Elizabeth with us calling from New York today. Elizabeth, thanks for giving us a call. So happy that you have joined us today, listening to us via Station of the Crosses app. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? Good. Very excited to be on with John Martinoni. He's just so smart, so intelligent. Yes, uh, yes he Can is. I give you my wife's cell phone number and have you call her? <laughs> so what's your question today, Elizabeth? Uh, my question is about uh, weddings outside the church. Um, we are not very close with a cousin of mine, but, you know, we're, we're cordial. Uh, she left the church about 15 years ago by just not attending Mass anymore. Uh, she traveled to attend our wedding about five years ago, and she is now getting married outside of any church setting, just like in a ballroom. Um, I don't think we can attend because it's a across the country, so that makes that decision easy for us. But we just want to know as Catholics whether this would be viewed as a valid or invalid marriage, and if it's not, uh, we're wanting to know whether we should send a gift on their registry. Okay, great question. Go for it, John. Well, this is one of those things that uh, I always recommend talk to your priest about because varying situation, you know, completely outside of the of the church, uh, the the marriage again, a valid marriage, assuming that neither one's been divorced or remarried and and, and is remarrying with this marriage, but uh, a Catholic who has left the faith, well, there's lots of different factors that go into this, and that's why, again, I always recommend go to your priest, ask him the question. And But like you said, attending the wedding is not a question here. It's just you're asking about sending a gift. I don't see that there's anything. I mean, because you could send a gift to them at any time. I mean, Christmas, what, whenever. But what I would recommend is that sending a gift do something you know get something on their registry but also send something religious along with that you know uh send a 
a rosary and say, hey, this is a blessed rosary or, or, or a prayer card or something to do with marriage, you know, a saint that's a saint for marriage or, or something along, or a prayer card that is about marriage and, and just to plant a seed. That's what you want to do. You want to use this opportunity to plant a seed and, and go from there. But I, I really, I have never heard anything of where a Catholic would be prohibited from even sending a gift. I, I haven't either. And I, I think that your suggestion is a really good one. Um, and, and that's probably the way that I would handle it, Elizabeth, is, you know, I would make certain that with whatever gift you determine that you're going to send to them, you would include something there that uh, helps for them to realize and to recognize that, uh, you know, there is more to married life, far more uh, than, than a, a civil contract. Uh, it's meant to be more than that. It's meant to be a covenantal relationship. So I like that. I would probably uh, include a mass card, have a mass celebrated for them. Yes, put that yes. in there. And and I've seen things about um, uh, you know the wedding feast at Cana, mm-hmm. where a, a prayer card about you know Jesus at the wedding feast at Cana, you blessed marriage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, something along those lines. If you can find something like that, that might be. Uh, the, the proper thing to send. I think so. As far as the marriage being valid, you know, I think that this is a misunderstanding, John, that a lot of people have. When you're baptized Catholic, you're, you're Catholic. Right. You know, you, you, you can walk away from the church, but the fact of the matter is you cannot walk away from your baptism. Right. And you can't rescind your baptism, which is something very popular in England these days. People are not really? trying to nullify their baptism, which oh, you, wow. you can't do it. It's an indelible mark placed on the soul. So, you know, would that be a valid marriage in the eyes of the church? Well, it's a valid marriage in, in, in light of civil authority. Right. But it certainly isn't a, a marriage that the church yeah. would recognize. Not a so. sacramental marriage in any way, shape, or form. Right, exactly. Uh, thanks, Elizabeth, because that's a, that's a very important question. And it delights me to no end that you're concerned about them and that you're concerned about uh, how the church views situations like this. That, that's a beautiful sign of the character of your own heart so and soul. So I appreciate that very much. Thank you a whole bunch. Um, there's one related from, from Anna Marie out there on YouTube. She's been, her question's been up here for a while, John. Then we'll get to Bruce. I think we'll have time. In the parable of the Feast of the Wedding in Luke and Matthew, a warning is given to us that if those who are invited to the wedding do not come, that the Lord will open up the invitation to everybody what is he telling us well i've read different things but uh so so, several of the people i've read basically talk about the people who were invited were the jews that's right the jews were the the initial invitees and the jews for the most part not entirely because you know jesus all the apostles and all the early church was jewish um but it the totality of the jews or in general rejected jesus and so they're the ones who rejected jesus so the king says go out and get uh, whoever you can find the gentiles the gentiles exactly and that's what they did they went to all the tribes all the nations all the countries and brought in the gentile believers those who were not initially invited but since the in- invitees rejected the invitation well that opens it up for all these others and so that's how you know, I think in Scripture it talks about how, you know, the Jewish nation's rejection of Jesus 
open it up for the Gentiles, and the Gentiles' acceptance of Jesus will be what eventually brings the Jewish people back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what uh, most of the people I've, I've read talk about in terms of the meaning of that particular parable. Yes, that's what I've always heard, too. I'm going to get to Bruce really fast. We've got three minutes left. He is out there in Texas listening via Guadalupe Radio Network. Hey, Bruce. Hello, yes. <clears throat> My question is similar to the last caller, except it's a little closer to home. It's our son that chose to not be married. He's cradle Catholic, and but he chose to not get married in the church. And... Um, my wife and I made the decision that, you know, we feel like we cannot support this. And and even if we went to the reception, it would show that we are supporting this marriage. And it's hard to explain to people that, you know, why why we're doing what we're doing. And I just was wondering if there's there any type of explanation other than we cannot support that, or, or, or is there anything else? Well, just say, you can tell them we're doing this out of love. Um, yes. We love our son, and we're saddened by the fact that uh, he has chosen to um, proceed in this manner outside of the church, outside of the blessing of the church, and it's it's contrary to our beliefs, and we don't think our son would want us to go against our beliefs uh, because we wouldn't ask him to go against his beliefs for us, so... Um, we're just we're doing this because we want to say this is what we believe this is why we believe it and we're hoping and praying that at some point in time we're not saying we hate you or we're not going to come visit you or you can't come visit us anything like that we're just saying that we disagree with this particular decision and it's it's difficult it's not easy and we're saddened by it but it's being done out of love and yeah, you're probably going to have bruised feelings uh, caused by all this, but look at it in the long-term perspective rather than the short-term perspective. Well, Bruce, thank you so very much for being such a brave witness, I have to say, sacrificial witness to the faith and the importance of the sacrament of matrimony. I thank you for that. Real quick, Michael, does that mean the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary occurred before the book of Revelation was written? Well, it could have. We don't know. But actually, John there was being given a special revelation of the Lord of what happened before time began. God was revealing uh, his his future plans, basically. Yes. And John got a chance to see all that. Uh, so there you have it. And then John out there in Pennsylvania, John, wants you to write a book on meditation and mysticism. That would be an interesting book to read. Well, friends, it's been great being with you today. Thank you, John, for being with thank us you, today. Thank you, Johnette, for the invitation. I enjoy it as always. <laughs> well, thanks so much. John will be back with us next month on the last Tuesday. I'll be back with you tomorrow. It's Wacky Wednesday. God bless. Bye-bye.